0: Change Nation. I'm Ariane, and today this week's show is about an important issue going on in the world. The subject is human trafficking, child slavery, and all the aspects that have to do with that, which a lot of the times we're not so aware of, especially here in the West. Um, my guest today is a very dear friend, someone who I believe is the ultimate change agent, someone who's taken on a big cause in the world and really wants to raise awareness for that help people realize what the issue is, and how we, even as individuals, can really take a positive response to changing that issue. Um, my guest is Justin Dillon. He is the creator of a wonderful film called Call and Response. He's also a very talented musician. And he's combined that gift uh, with many other gifts to bring us um, this film and really get this movement um, started. So Justin, what a pleasure to have you on the pleasure show.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: Justin, I know quite a bit about your cause, your mission. Um, for the people who don't know what the facts are, what what do we need to know? What is really the issue? What is going on?
1: Well, the issue today that we're talking about is human trafficking. But the reality is, it's just it's called slavery. Um, there are twenty-seven million people that are enslaved, at least 27 million people enslaved today around the world which is far more than 400 years of the transatlantic slave trade that we all know from our history books. So the reality that slavery is worse now than it was then became new to me several years ago and to be honest and I know when I share this with you it's kind of like can you, can you even believe this is happening? You know, We have this view that we've overcome something and it's, it's far from being taken care of. And so I'm part of a movement that's not just trying to bring awareness to this fact but to fight against it. And we're not just fighting a moral issue, we're fighting a very, very lucrative business. This is one of the most uh, uh, profitable illicit trades. It's, a lot of people believe that it's already surpassed the trade, uh, the profits in selling arms and it's moving up towards, uh, um, towards the profitability in, in selling drugs. Long ways away, but still to be even anywhere near that, somewhere between 32 and 36 billion dollars industry.
0: So, what massive. countries are.
1: Everyone. United States is complicit. I mean, the reality that, you know, falls into several categories, but the two that are most focused on are, are forced labor and, and sex trafficking. And that includes most of sex trafficking, most sex slavery involves, it's 80% of it is uh, women and children.
0: So, what have you seen happen in this country? I think a lot of the times we think it's happening in. Thailand or Cambodia or you yeah. know, somewhere else. What's happening in the United States?
1: Well, if you look at the, the two sides of it, both forced labor and, um, and sex slavery, you would, we kind of have to have a different grid for it because some people would just call that immigration and prostitution. right? And th- th- those aren't the issues. Anyone who's being forced to work without pay under threat of violence uh, being, and being some economically exploited and are unable to walk away, that's slavery. So that, could, that can apply to both. Uh, the, the estimates are that there's almost 18,000 people being brought into the United States every year for domestic, forced domestic work, labor, or sex slavery, and that we have roughly a quarter million people in slavery here in the United States. So we're talking about inside brothels. We're talking about working in hotels or domestics. We're talking about picking our tomatoes. And
0: this is in New York and San Francisco Absolutely. and L.A.? and
1: everywhere everywhere.
0: Justin, how did you first become interested in this as something to get behind? I mean, you are a talented musician. You could have had a very different Mm -hmm. sort of life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How did you feel that as one person, one musician, Mm -hmm. you could make a difference?
1: I think the change or, or the opportunities to change the world kind of find you. I don't think you find them. And you just have to pay attention, right? And so this issue came to me when I was on tour in Russia uh, and I would start meeting these girls that were telling me these stories of these opportunities for them to come to the West to work as domestics, well, not their stories completely did not jive. And in fact, I'd, months before I'd read a New York Times article about this new kind of sex trade, and uh, I couldn't believe something like that could exist. And then here I am, three months later, meeting women, girls, excuse me, uh, that were being offered the same offers I was reading about in this sex trade. and. Just to be honest with you, it just it angered me. It felt completely wrong. And it's looking at a problem, if we can minimize it, and call it a problem, and go, why isn't there more big? Why isn't everybody talking about this? Why isn't every government, every business doing something about that? And I think that, you know, to go back to your question about change, I think change is kind of filling a, a, filling a need or filling a gap somewhere that needs to be filled. And that, to me, is just like I saw this huge space. And decided that I need to do everything I can, the small amount that I can, to help fill it.
0: Do you feel that governments, is that where the solution is going to come from or is it going to come from more of a groundswell, more of a sacred activism behind the issue?
1: I've never been uh, more confident that it comes from a groundswell. Uh, I just, I believe governments are great followers. Uh, I believe businesses are great followers. I believe media is a follower. All of it. Um, they will, they, you know, put their finger up to the wind and see which way the wind is blowing. And uh, if the, the issue with this issue, the ability to change it does not come from the focus of government or the focus of business or the focus of media. Which is kind of where we'd like to defer all of our change to. It's like, well let them take care of it. It's like, no. It requires focus and commitment from people like us everywhere, going, this has to stop. And it can. There's no reason it should exist. It's not legal anywhere like it was 150 years ago. So,
0: Justin, you were one of the people invited to the Clinton Global Initiative where this is one of the issues on the table. Right. Did you feel optimistic? Do you feel progress is being made?
1: Well, I feel, um, fortunately, I was there with, you know, my heroes are the ones, are, are the ones that have survived slavery are the ones that are in the trenches um, working on it. And I think for the last five years, that's really been the only people in the issue. It hasn't been big government or big cultural figures or whatnot or big business. To see those um, kind of power figures come together and to be quite honest, learn about it, I think it's great. You know, Will they be the tipping point? I have no idea. But I felt even more emboldened that it, the only reason they're paying attention to it is because People are paying, paying, People are working on it. So.
0: so Justin, tell us about the making of the film. Tell us about a- also where we can see it. Right. Um, I mean, I've seen it. I was at the premiere with you, and I would sure. do anything for people to see this. So.
1: Well, the film was released in the theaters last year, and the making of it is, is a lot like the, the, the sharing of it, the exhibition of it. It's, it's a very open source film. Um, it's a rockumentary which I was just able to bring, when, when I decided I wanted to do something around the issue, I wanted to use music. I think music has far more power than just amusement. It was also my suspicion that music is a, uh, has a huge debt to pay, popular music has a huge debt to pay to slavery, because that is something we consume that actually has slavery in it. We wouldn't have the songs we have today if we didn't have slavery here in the United States and the songs that came out of it. So. It's really a journey into understanding justice, understanding beauty, understanding humanity. And I take this journey with people like Cornell West and Ashley Judd and Julia Armand and Madeleine Albright and Nicholas Kristof and Cornell Cornel West. I don't know if I mentioned him. Um, Natasha
0: Beddingfield. Natasha
1: Beddingfield, Moby. There's all these people coming together to... Um, in a very non-linear way, be able to ex- not just expose the issue but give people courage and the ability to fight it because the point of the film is not that, you know, let's subcontract our activism to the people that everyone know. How are we going to do it together? And that's, that's essentially how we distributed the film into theaters. And that's now how you can see the film uh, on universities all across the country is we're instead of just releasing a DVD, we've kept it because we're still seeing Hundreds and hundreds of people come to every screening, and that's where change is going to happen, is when people come together in community, not in a singular opportunity in front of a television, which is great for some, but to me, we're protecting the environment in which the film is shown so that people can be encouraged and actually do something about it.
0: We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with this fascinating conversation with Justin Dillon. Justin Dillon, really one of the ultimate change agents, someone who's taken on the big issue of slavery going on around the world. Justin, welcome back. Thanks. So Justin, we were talking before the break about what are ways for people to help. I want to just get really specific mm-hmm. and just go, what are three things like people can actually do? Mm-hmm. Is it another issue where we, just, we need to donate money because there's things to be done? Are there more important things to do just locally on the ground? Mm-hmm. Do we get media involved?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What, what do you want people to do?
1: Well, as I said before, first thing, realize that it's not going to happen unless you engage. That's, the, that's absolutely critical. Businesses and governments will not engage in this unless you do. And I think that's where the leverage comes. Um, the reality that um, most of what we consume, whether it be clothing, whether it be the phones we, we speak on or the computers we communicate through or the, uh, uh, the food we eat, the clothes we wear, uh, most supply chains are touched with forced labor. And I don't, I don't know anyone who would like to buy something that was made with child slaves. But the reality is we don't have a method to be able to find out if that, w- if that is in fact the case. So we need to start pushing on uh, our businesses to start to audit their supply chains. And one of the sites that we built is called Change Story Action, and it's a letter-writing campaign to businesses. And it's a phenomenal platform. I encourage everyone. In fact, we talked about it at Clinton Global Initiative this week. I encourage everyone to use that. That's one way to use your... Say it, say it again. It's ChangeStoreReaction.com. And it's a way to use your, your consumption as activism, as leverage, and it's working. Um, another way to get engaged is, is, is to give money. I know it's a little bit harder right now. But one of the things we've done on our website is we've gone out and vetted projects that we believe are just beautiful stories, um, incredible projects that are small, that, you know, a $25 gift makes a huge impact. You know, they scales out because these projects are $5,000. They're very simple, but they're great stories. And they accomplish things. And so if someone wants to give uh, strategically, we've, we've provided that as well. And then just also, if I can add a fourth thing rather than three, is really continue to tell people the facts. It's really important that you get a few of the facts correct. We don't want to overblow the issue, but at the same time, we don't want to minimize it.
0: Justin, tell us about a story of hope, of success, of inspiration, of something maybe you were involved in. you saw on the ground, and someone is not enslaved anymore.
1: There's a a woman that we, uh, who who works out of Thailand. She's an art therapist, and she, uh, feels much the same way you and I do about the issue. And unfortunately, in Cambodia, she's, or excuse me, Thailand, she's seeing this happen all around her. And so she decided to do something about it. She decided to start taking kids out of these karaoke joints that were, quote-unquote, performing, but were actually doing something else, and uh, start rescuing them and raising them. And realizing that this wasn't enough, she started going up to the border uh, in the Golden Triangle region and started rescuing kids directly from the parents who were selling them to the traffickers and buying them for 3 to $5 a piece and raising them. Now she has over 150 children. Um, through call and response, we were able to raise the funds to help give her all the medicine that she needs to take care of these kids. And that, that was a very small thing that a community of people around the film were able to assist with. We um, were able to do this with our good friend David Batstone, Not For Sale campaign, and we are able to work together. But what, what's beautiful about it is that's 150 plus kids whose lives are going to be completely changed forever. And it's not going to be on, it's not going to get any huge media, but we know that their lives are changed. And we absolutely believe in celebrating small victories. This isn't going to happen overnight.
0: Justin, you certainly represent someone who is wanting to see change happen. What would you tell someone who is looking at a big problem or even a small problem around them about what it takes to affect change? What do they need to know? It's Mm. going to take time. I think we know that. Mm. But what, as as someone who is on that path,
1: Mm.
0: what have you learned? What's been surprising? What do you know now you wish someone told you at the start?
1: Um, I think, to go back to what I just said, I, I, I think you have to learn how to celebrate small victories. When you're taking on something as massive as global slavery, you know, you're not going to be able to tear that thing apart piece. You know, at, at, all at once. You have to do it piece by piece. And those pieces have to be broken down very soon. I think that for people who are doing this full-time, that's probably what the one thing that they, they forget, is that... We can accomplish small things together and eventually those things will scale out. And another big part of this is that the, I believe that we are living in a time where change happens from the bottom up, not the top down. And It's very broken, it's very open source, it's very chaotic. There has never been in history social change or a social justice movement that happened clean and linear and perfect and sound It was just a mess. It was people passionate, infighting, difficult, but it happened. We wouldn't have civil rights if a bunch of people who did not know what they were doing and were completely disorganized got together and worked. And I think that's the other part that I would like to be able to say is, working together is extremely important. This is not an individualistic movement.
0: For anyone who's looking at this who maybe is in the media or close to the media, Is there a specific message that the media needs to get out? Like, what is it?
1: Well, I would think that an issue like this would be uh, media-rich. This is a massive issue. And I think it's really one of the human rights issues of our time. And getting the idea out that this is slavery, not smuggling or trafficking, is the most important message we can have out there. This is slavery.
0: And I think I remember a conversation you and I had where you were telling me this happens in our favorite restaurants and it mm. happens in, you know, places where you'd be surprised, churches around the country mm. and mm-hmm. um, just for people to really realize it's not, it's not something that you think doesn't affect us sort of right here, right now.
1: I think the key question is what are we pretending not to know? When you know about it, you now have a responsibility to it. And I'm not going to say what that responsibility is. But when you realize, and now whoever's listening to this now they do, that the clothes that we wear and the food that we eat are tainted with slavery and something must be done about it. So what are we pretending not to
0: do? Justin, I know you're on a bit of a world tour as well with, uh, with the film, I know you're going to Australia. What's, uh, what's next? Do you know what's next? Do you know what's on the horizon? Are you, do you just keep doing what you can do day by day? Or is there like another sort of project, bigger thing that you're going to maybe create?
1: Yeah, all, kind of all of the above. Yes, yeah, I, <laughs> I Yeah, I wish I wish it was more linear and just completely <laughs> planned out. But um, the you know I certainly did not expect to still be working on the film this many years later. Uh, but we're, how many years has it been? It's been three years. Yeah, and uh, but we're we're seeing such uh, an incredible reaction. To be honest, it's having a, a, a more profound reaction on universities and faith communities and conferences and people coming together that are already kind of belong together, figuring out what their response is. It's really hard to just walk away from that. So I'm, I'm just trying to be faithful and, and persistent with what that is because I really do see the seeds of change happening in those, in those areas.
0: I think one of the questions people always have um, for people like you is, well, how do you support yourself? How do you go ahead and take on such a big issue? Do you still have a job? Do you still have yeah. an income? A lot of the times, I mean,
1: it's a good question. It's
0: sort of, where do you go? Do you just find life supports you, and the money comes eventually?
1: I do. I, you know, it would be great to say, yeah, we've well, got this huge grant, or because we operate as a nonprofit, we set the film up uh, early on as a, as a nonprofit charitable entity, so that everything goes into the movement. And um, I like what you said: life supports us, and it, and it continues to do what it's you know, it's supposed to do. And opportunities come, and and usually there's the resources there to try to harvest that opportunity.
0: Well, Justin, I know my world's a better place because you're in it. I know that truly who you are and what you are, I I admire you. I respect you. I hope, you know, that the mission you've taken on is completely eliminated in our lifetime, for sure. I hope everyone sees your film. The film is Call and Response. Please go to his website, callandresponse.com. You know, you're part of our change family as well.
1: It's an honor, so for sure. Thank
0: you. We are, you know, we're, we're on the same team.
1: That's for, for sure. It's sure. It's good thank, to be on this team.
0: Thanks so much, Justin. Thank you. For more information about the issue of slavery, of human trafficking, best place to go is Justin's website, callandresponse.com. There are dozens of ways that you personally can respond. Sometimes we're so affected by the issue, we're like, I don't quite know what to do. So Justin's made that very easy for us to really be able to take a stand. And for more interesting, incredible interviews with uh, agents of change, please visit us at changenation.com. Thanks for watching.